Today, we are talking with Morgan, who will share with us her story of loss. Morgan was pregnant with a baby girl and discovered she had Turner syndrome and unfortunately passed during pregnancy. In our conversation, she talks to us about how she and her family are dealing with their grief, how her faith has allowed her to heal, and how they have um, learned to have hope. So we're really grateful for Morgan for sharing her story, even though it's kind of a sad one. Okay, welcome back to the Motherful Podcast. Today we have our friend Morgan Smith with us. And this is so weird because normally we don't say last names, but um, we have to say it because that's my daughter's name, but we are not talking to my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps throwing me off. (laughs) It's Morgan Smith. (laughs) So we're going to be talking to Morgan. Um, She has a really special story. And so um, let's just get started with her bio. So Morgan loves chatting and getting to know other people. One of her guilty pleasures is in, um, includes watching Hallmark movies, listening to true crime, and Amazon window shopping. Morgan has a love for organization, and her trash bags have to be folded a certain way. Wait, what? So- <laughs> I, I know. That was like my weird, quirky... <laughs> Wait, how do you fold your trash like, bags? Like the ones that the grocery store? Yeah, like grocery store trash bags that like I use for like bathroom oh. trash cans. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah, okay. I like fold them into triangles and then I put them in a basket. Okay. Then it like looks nicer instead of just. I... Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I could see that. I've had, I've had, I've known people who fold them. Okay. Okay. Is there a YouTube video on how to fold them into triangles? Cause I kind of want to do that now. Yeah, I think I found <laughs> it like, on Instagram, but it's like the easiest thing. You just like fold it in half and then half one more time and then just fold it up like a flag. That seems like way too much work yeah. for a trash bag. <laughs> I know. I, I know. It's like, actually, yeah, it's something that all of my family members are like, what in the world? <laughs> That's awesome, though. And I'm impressed that you do Amazon window shopping and not I know Amazon purchasing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like, really think about it. I keep it in my cart for, like, a while. Oh, my goodness. Like, I did that this week. I had, I had, like, ten things in my cart for, like, a full week. And then, like, two things went on sale. And so I was like, well, I guess I better just buy it all. So yes. then I bought all of it. <laughs> Great. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about our review. Morgan, why don't you start? So what have you been like reading or listening to whatever, whatever hobbies you have? Do you guys follow the Mamalay fit? Like the Andrea Fawcett? No. Have you heard of her? Okay. No. She lives in Hawaii. Anyway, she does these challenges and I started her October challenge Or it's just like you have to write down 10 things you're grateful for every day and then get 10K steps in and work out for like six days a week, like a 30 minute. Just like it doesn't have to be like a full work, but just like moving your body for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, like drinking half of your body weight in ounces of water. Okay. But yeah, so I've been doing that and I've been listening to... She shared a podcast on one of her days of it's her name is uh, Tessa Romero and she does it's like mind body alignment. I've just recently started listening to her podcast because it's very like trying to find 
like positivity in all of your days and it'll help Mm -hmm. right like your mood and stuff cool so yeah I find it nice because I've been like plus writing down like 10 things I'm grateful for each day yeah so yeah yeah that always makes a huge difference if you can commit to that that's cool good suggestion yeah okay so I'm listening to a new audiobook called Tom Lake. Um, I found it on Audible, and it's about a mom who recounts her youth as an actress um, to her daughters. And they talk a lot about the play called Our Town, which is, I think, a play that I've heard of, but like that's what they talk about in the whole entire story so far. And so now I need to find a way to watch the play Our Town. Because so you know what you're actually yes. listening to. Yes, <laughs> I know what they're talking about. That might make a difference. <laughs> yes, but I do actually like the book so far. It's Tom Lake is the name of it, and um, the narrator is Meryl Streep. So that's kind of oh nice. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I've been in super nesting mode lately because I can officially say that like my due date is next month, or yeah. that it's like a month away. <laughs> so I've been listening to a bunch of birth podcasts which makes me laugh because (laughs) we always talk about how I loved a baby story when I was like eight years old and in my mind this is like the podcast version of a baby story (laughs) so I I listen I listen to birth stories every day and I shouldn't be laughing because I don't think it's actually that weird like this is like a really important thing to like help you prepare for like childbirth and labor and like I think it's like if you have like a doula or a midwife or whatever like they would very much encourage this so I don't know why I'm making fun of myself so much but (laughs) the podcast that I like is called what the bump and it's basically like this but they just have moms come on and just share their birth story so oh that's that's fun fun. yeah Yeah. I just listen to it while I go on my walks every day (laughs) cool Okay, um, highlight of the week. Do either of you have a good highlight? Um, well, we just bought a house, so we just moved, like, the, over the last two weeks, I guess, it's been just moving and unpacking. That's so exciting, but though. It's been, yeah, it's been fun. It's been nice. Like, all my kids already have a ton of friends, so it's good. Okay, well, my exciting thing of the week um, is that I got to talk to my missionary on Sundays, and um, we went to the BYU football game on Saturday, and I took my one son, and he and I were both talking about how much we miss our other son, and so... I got to talk to him on Sunday and I told him how much I missed him. And I don't know if that was good or bad, but I did it. And (laughs) yeah. Nice. So, um, my highlight is that we had our first ever neighbor potluck that I hosted. So I'm very proud of myself for doing that. (laughs) I've never done anything like that before, but I, I've been wanting to do it for a few months, and so now that the weather finally cooled off, I just texted everybody and found a date that worked, and we just did it outside on our driveway. Like, I just made a big pot of chili, and everybody brought stuff, and it was fun because I I did it with, like, our actual neighbors. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like a few houses down on either side and across the street, and so it wasn't just, like, friends that I see all the time. It was, like, people that, 
you know, like you see them in passing and like you wave as they're pulling out or whatever. And so it's like, you're always like seeing each other, but you never actually get a chance to like actually connect. And so that was really fun to like have a reason for everybody to be together and like have real conversations and like get to know each other. So Cool. I was pretty proud of myself for doing that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't I, usually I, do stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a great week in review. Let's uh, talk to Morgan now a little bit more. So Morgan, why don't you go ahead and just kind of give us a little bio on yourself and your family and um, what you're going to talk about today. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in St. George, Utah, and I went to hair school right after high school. Um, shortly after I met my husband, Trent, and we have been married for just over eight years. We moved to Logan, Utah, right after we got married so he could go to Utah State. And then as soon as he graduated, we moved to Dallas, Texas, and lived there for a little over three years. And then found our way back to St. George because we missed all of our family but loved Texas. Yeah. Like I would have stayed in Texas, but if it weren't so dang far away. Yeah. It was just too far. And all of our cousins and stuff were here. So Trent found yeah. a remote job that moved us back. Well, we have to tell how you met Nicole <laughs> because it is curious to how my family's genes are, are so, so strong. strong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're such okay. Cause when I first walked in, so I met Nicole at church when, when we church, first moved yep. to St. George, yes. And she was my daughter's primary teacher. Yep. And I saw her and I'm like, oh my gosh, she looks just like Kim Zuvel, who was in our Texas ward. And I'm like, yeah. I have to, I told Trent, I'm like, I have to ask if she's related because they could be, <laughs> like, that could be her daughter. So, so I have to ask. And then I'm like, are you related to Kim Zufel? And sure enough, it's her aunt. <laughs> it's my aunt. <laughs> and she was she was one of our guests from season one she was one of our very first episodes I think oh yeah she was yeah well and the funny thing is that is not the first time that that's happened with one of my aunts from really? a different state <laughs> yeah 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 I used to work at a restaurant and one of the tables that I was serving she was like do you I just have to ask you look so familiar are you related to so-and-so in California? And I was like, yep, I sure I am. That's my aunt. <laughs> no, yeah. Like your genes, so. like, I mean, wow. I, I need to see like the whole family then because yep. you guys must just all be identical. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty strong. There's five sisters in, the, in our family and three brothers. And pretty much all the sisters have very close genes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Okay, so we have four kids, uh, three girls and a boy, but it goes girl, boy, okay. girl, girl. They are my whole life. I talk about them probably like 98% of the time. But <laughs> that's just my life that's right normal. now. That's the season of life. I mean. So that sounds like the perfect kind of person we want to have on our podcast. <laughs> what are their ages? Um, six, four two and then um our little girl that passed in april so which is actually the topic that that i'm going to talk about today um and honestly recently like this has been on my mind like in a struggle of when people ask me how many kids do you have 
like the answer, how to answer. Do I say four? Do I say three? Um, mm-hmm, yeah. Because we have four, but we don't have the fourth on earth with us right now. And yeah. um, in my mind, I've always just said, okay, I'll just say three because I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently I've decided to say I, cause I follow a lot of, uh, miscarriage and child loss pages and okay. a lot of people will say, oh, I have, they'll either say how many kids they have on earth or they do include their ones that they have lost. And I decided to just start saying we have four kids. Unfortunately, we lost one mm-hmm. recently or, um, and I feel that it's okay. Like not everybody has seen, I, I don't think anyone's really seemed uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay for people to say, Oh, I am so sorry. And, yeah. and that's okay. Like that's all that really, I mean, I'm not looking for that either, but right. I just don't want her to be forgotten, um, mm-hmm. in our family, like, cause she is a part of our family. Yeah. So, so is it hard for you to be like constantly bringing that up? Like, I feel like I would be the kind of person that would like to say three because I I would just kind of want to not bring up that conversation all the time, you know? Yes. Maybe it would help if um, you talked about how you lost her. Do you want to talk about now? And then you can maybe answer that a little. Maybe that would maybe, um, I guess, explain your answer a little bit. Yeah. 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 I'll just tell, I'm going to tell her story. Um, so we found out we were pregnant November of last year, which was like planned because we've wanted, we wanted four kids and we want them all two years apart. And Mm -hmm. so it was on schedule for my plan. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's always the tricky part. Always. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, so we found out we were pregnant, very excited. We shared the news with our children. I've had all healthy pregnancies, like don't think anything of it. Um, a couple weeks after we found out I was pregnant, I started spotting. So like that made me nervous because I'd never spotted before in any of my pregnancies. Mm-hmm. But I called the doctors and unfortunately they're like, well, since you're not like you're like a new patient, <laughs> we can't get you in until your actual appointment. Oh, God. Which was, like, frustrating. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And that was only, like, two more weeks. So I'm like, okay, I'll just take it easy. And and then I'll just go from there. Well, two weeks later, my husband and I went in for our ultrasound. And they just did, like, a stomach ultrasound. And there's a heartbeat. Everything's looking good. But you can only see so much on the stomach ultrasounds that early. Like, it's like a little peanut so you're pretty early at this point still? Yeah, I was like 10 weeks um, okay. pregnant. Okay. Yeah. So you just see like a little peanut at this point. Um, but I had shared like that I had been spotting. And mm-hmm. um, she was like, well, everything is looking good. But let's go ahead and schedule you a vaginal ultrasound for next week just to make sure that like your placenta and everything looks great. They couldn't do one just and, right there? Yeah. <laughs> I know. What? No. So, yeah. So I went in the next week and I told my husband, I'm like, let's not even worry about a babysitter. You just stay home. I'm not even worried. (laughs) And I'll just go by myself because this is like my fourth baby. I've done this. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. 
Um, and so I went in for my vaginal ultrasound and she's like, oh, you have placenta privia, which, you know, your placenta is covering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like, that's why you're spotting. And I'm like, oh, okay. She said, it looks like it's moving. So hopefully you'll be fine. And then she went to check on the baby and it like goes silent. And I'm like, oh, and just, I just felt like something was up and she said, so your baby has what's called a cystic hygroma, which is just a cyst on the back of her neck. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, which is caused by a lot of it, – it's usually with babies who have, like, a genetic disorder or okay. or some just – it just happens. It's, like, 50% chance it could be genetic disorder or 50% chance it just happened on its own. Um. So I immediately well, – I'm bawling because I'm, like – I've never had anything like this happen before mm-hmm. and I'm alone. <laughs> like the one time I told my husband not to go to an ultrasound with me. And yeah. um, so I'm texting him while they're telling me this stuff. And I immediately got blood testing done like in there in the office. And mm-hmm. I call my husband and I'm just sobbing. Like I'm like crying in the waiting area for my blood testing so did they tell Um, you like how serious it was like no they can because it was just an ultrasound tech so she couldn't share with me they (laughs) can't yeah yeah so you really have no idea what's going on at this point and then if you google like cystic hygroma like the craziest stuff will pop up and so it's just like worse and so yeah so i was just like i have no idea and it was the end of the day, so the doctor had already left. <laughs> and so, oh my gosh. so like the doctor couldn't talk to me. Uh, what? Yeah, it was just like, oh my gosh. So that night I didn't sleep at all. Like couldn't sleep. And I just felt like, did I do something wrong? Yeah. Did you know, like what on earth? And the next day I ended up getting um in like immediately with uh fetal maternal medicine. Yeah. So they like, yeah, the baby's doctor. So we went in and they have like super in-depth ultrasounds. Like they can see way more than any other ultrasound. So Trent and I went in that day and we found out the hygroma wasn't just on her neck, but it actually went down all the way down her spinal cord. Oh, oh wow. So it was like, it's like massive. It was like her whole body. <laughs> and then from then on, I had to get once a month ultrasounds and I had to get her heartbeat checked once a week. And we still had no idea if it, you know, I had to wait three weeks for my blood results to come back to find out what it was caused by. Like, if it was a genetic disorder, I didn't know if it was a girl or boy yet, obviously. Um, And then we got the results that she had. She has what's called Turner syndrome, which, like, I had never heard of before. I don't know (laughs) if you guys ever heard of that. But I don't think so. 1% of, like, if you get Turner syndrome, only 1% live. So it's only in girls. Only girls get Turner syndrome. So as soon as we found out we had she had Turner syndrome, we knew it was a girl. Um, it just, they're missing a chromosome or half of a chromosome. And mm. it just, it's purely just, I don't know, luck of the draw, I guess. It's not genetic at all. So, oh. yeah, it's not that. Trent or I carried it. It just happens in one. It happens in one out of one hundred every one hundred pregnancies. So it's fairly common, but like no one oh. cares about it. 
Uh-huh. Well, I wonder if a lot of them just miscarry yes, so that's, early enough. Yeah. So a lot of them do miscarry. Like, that's the thing is if I didn't find out what, so that's, that's where a blessing was. Like if I didn't have the placenta privia, I would not have known any of this until like my anatomy scan. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, so it was a blessing that I had the placenta, placenta privia because it helped prepare me for like weeks of what was going to happen yeah mm-hmm. um yeah so we would go get her heartbeat checks once a week um we'd get ultrasounds once a month um it was so nerve-wracking like right before those ultrasounds to just go see like if oh, they're gonna be imagine. a heartbeat oh, goodness. yeah and yeah. yeah because they told me i mean i met with a lot of genetic counselors um just like preparing me for the chances of your child living are like yeah. 1%. And so I, you know, that's like really hard news here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they had me prepared for like some girls with Turner syndrome will have heart defects. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had me prepared for like delivering at the U hospital, the U of U, um, because she would probably have to go immediately into surgery because of her heart defects. And so, and it was looking like one of her four chambers of her heart was too small. Okay. Um, So yeah, so we're just preparing for all the things. Well, on her second to last ultrasound, the hygroma, it's supposed to start shrinking. Um, It actually started growing and it was covering her heart and in her stomach. Oh my um, goodness. Which is like, not the best news because if it's not shrinking by like 20 weeks, it's not looking too great. Yeah. Um, right. And it was actually the weekend before Easter that, no, yeah, the weekend before Easter, we were doing like the kite festival here in St. George and something just felt so off all day long. And I just knew like deep inside that she had passed. But I had one of those, uh, what are they called? Like ultrasound things, like not ultrasound, but like heart detector. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Like, like the fetal, the like heartbeat. Yes. Yeah. And so I would, cause we would just check at home too, mm-hmm. but I okay. just did not have like it in me to check on my own because I felt so deeply that she was gone. Um, and our ultrasound was like two days later. So I just waited. Did you tell your, your husband? Yes. Yeah. I just told him something fell off. Um, and we went in for our ultrasound and we're chatting with the ultrasound tech. Uh, she's asking us like what our plans for Easter weekend were. We're laughing. And then she goes in and it's just like, the screen is just like fuzzy. Um, like we can't see our baby. Like it looks weird. Um, and she was just silent for like what felt like forever. And then she just went, I'm so sorry. There's no heartbeat. So like as much I had prepared myself because at the beginning of this whole experience, I had received a blessing from my husband and my dad. And all it said really was just trust in God. And that's, and I knew when I got that blessing that she was not going to make it and not in a like negative way. It was just what overcame me and that it was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so, but like still with all the preparing of those weeks of like 
that I carried her and was prepared for each time to hear there's no heartbeat. Nothing prepared me. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't even match, like, when you actually get told there's no heartbeat. Um, mm-hmm. But it actually kind of, the way it fell on Easter weekend, um, Jesus being resurrected and rising again, and it just, like, brought a lot of peace like knowing that she, we believe that she will be with us again. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we actually had the choice between like a DNC or delivering her. Cause when weeks were you at that point? I was just over 20 weeks. Okay. But she was very much a baby. Um, my doctor actually super great guy. He was like, I don't do DNCs unless a mom really begs for it. Um, and I did not want to do that. I wanted to hold her. Yeah. Just have closure, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Uh but that was like the hardest day of my life was going in knowing I'm going in to deliver my baby that I don't get to bring home. Uh, right. And just like the difference of that, my, me and my husband talked about all day that day of, delivering her and holding her and the difference that we both felt like from the three children that we've had before and how heartbreaking it was and watching my husband like just so sad because those were like his favorite moments were like sleeping with his baby on his chest and just like you know the excitement of your new child and so as he was holding her like that just all those thoughts just rushing through his mind and we were just sobbing and we actually um we decided to go ahead and bury her um give her a funeral we bought two plots where she will actually be buried with me and then Mm. trent will be buried next to us so that's that's our story of our bonnie her name is bonnie grace oh that's cute and that was just in april that was in april yeah wow so, um, how have you been since then? So, yeah, it has been very hard. Um, like, cause I wasn't just healing like my own emotions and feelings, but like my children as well, who were like super attached and excited for a little sister. Oh yeah. So like trying to cope, like help them cope with their emotions and how they, they each like acted out in a different way. Uh-huh. It was hard to like, let me help you while I help myself. And um, I feel like we finally have all like gotten some healing. My kids are, have really healed well. Um, I'm still healing. I don't know if I ever won't be, but um, like I was supposed to give birth in August. That's her due date. So that was rough. And yeah. Two of my best friends, we all have babies together, like we're all in sync and they both just gave birth. And that was really, that was actually like, I was so excited for them, but also hard each time they, they each sent me a picture, like saying we delivered and the way it just like immediately brought tears down my face, yeah. you know, that would be me too. <laughs> so, right. There was a story. So, um, when I was pregnant, like a probably two weeks before I lost Bonnie, I went to church with my grandma. I was sitting in class with her and a woman was teaching about faith in Jesus. And 
how her sister had been pregnant with a baby boy. They told her the little boy wasn't going to live. Um, but they kept saying that her sister was completely unfazed by it, never showed sadness or anything. And they said, how come you're not sad? Why aren't you showing, you know, grief? And she just said, I have faith that he's going to be fine. And then now he's 30 something years old with children and he's totally fine. And she's like, and it's because he had, it's because the mom had faith that Christ would heal her baby. And so that actually felt like a dagger to my heart because I knew, like I knew deep down that my baby wasn't going to live. And, but I, it wasn't because of the lack of faith that I had. Um, But my husband and I, went to talking about after because of how much that really hurt me and my grandma could see that right and and he he just shared um which I loved and it's actually been something that I've just thought about ever since but he told me what about having faith it shows more faith when you know it's not what you want and it's and you're accepting of what it's actually God's plan and that's just helped me heal a lot as well I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just like, I feel like some people should be careful about like, oh, it's because she had faith and people whose ch- children don't live. It's almost as if they're saying you don't have faith. Yeah. Yes. Well, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it takes more faith sometimes when you don't see the miracle that you would yeah. like to see, you know, just trusting that God has a, a bigger picture than or God can see the bigger picture and he has a, a bigger plan that is better than your plan, even though it doesn't seem that way. And it seems like it really is going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, just trusting. Yes. Just trusting that it is going to be okay. Even though like, I still don't know why I had to go through this and maybe it's to help say other women who may go through a similar experience um yeah unfortunately like I wish I didn't have to (laughs) but yeah I mean I feel like just throughout the like as the years come and I will probably be able to see more I think of God's hand yeah I think you will in my experience the challenges that I've had in life whether it be with my kids or with um marriage or family or whatever they have always at some point led me to understand that I needed to help someone else. Like I needed to have empathy for a certain situation or even if, even if the person didn't know that I knew or that I had an experience like that, I had the empathy for what they were going through and yeah. And it's hard to accept in the moment when that is happening, but I think you will find that in the future, there will be someone else that you can help because of this experience. Yeah. Cause I really I believe that that's what we're all here on the earth for. Like we're here to help other people through life. And one way to do yeah. that is by experiencing these challenges ourselves. And then we can help others who have the same challenges. Yeah, I agree. I have a hard time. Um, I did have one miscarriage, but it was 
like it happened like two days after I found out I was pregnant and I wasn't attached to the pregnancy yet. I was still getting used to the idea, you know, it just, so when I miscarried, I didn't have that feeling of loss that a lot of women feel. And, um, so I, I have a hard time. Um, I mean, I empathize with, with that for sure, but I don't have the experience of that because that's not how my miscarriage happened. It, it didn't, it didn't affect me a lot. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, miscarriage is a, I don't know. Do you even consider this a miscarriage? What do you call? Um, yeah. So actually, um, we learned that at least in the state of Utah, they consider 20 weeks stillborn. Um, but it's right on the border of miscarriage stillborn. Okay. Well, I mean, you got to hold her, so. Yeah. I mean, like holding her and we took pictures with her and she had, I mean, she had all fat, like all 10 fingers, all 10 toes. Mm -hmm. And like, just, we could see that, you know, she was developing to be, I mean, she looked like a baby. She was a baby. So. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that happened. I appreciate you sharing your story though. I think, I feel like someone will listen and, and really, um, benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share. And also like the way I found healing, like, um, through this whole process is actually just like journaling it and talking about it. Um, I mean, I've been to, like, I've also went to therapy for it Mm -hmm. just because it was like, I would have nightmares like shortly after she died of like, like Mm. of each of my children dying, (laughs) which was super awful because it was just that traumatic for me. Um, yeah. And yeah. And so like I went to therapy and just talking about it and like talking even with just friends or family about it has like brought healing for me. Um, I've noticed a lot of people who like on these pages that I follow who just say like that they don't want to talk about it or they don't want to get up and they don't, and, and I don't blame them, but I feel like it's hard. It just makes it worse when you get stuck in this like blaming game and not being able to pull yourself off the ground Mm -hmm. um it just helped heal me in a sense as well just to be able to to talk about it and I encourage women who go through it to talk about it yeah well and you were the one who volunteered to come on the podcast when I I just reached out to a, a group of women in my neighborhood and Morgan was one of the only ones that responded and said, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to jump on the podcast. So, I mean, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. like, recognizing that and being willing to share. Cause I think there are a lot of people who would prefer not to talk so openly about it, but like just the fact that you're willing to share your story, like on a podcast, I think makes a big difference. And I know yeah. I have a question too. I know, um, people can be insensitive in when talking to others who have dealt with death. And so my question is, um, 
what do we not say? Um, Have you had that experience? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, like people will say, at least you have other children. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's like a big don't say that. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> don't say that. Like, yeah, I do have other children, but my heart still hurts because I lost a child. Yes. And yeah. yeah. Um, or like, at least it was early on, you didn't get to see her personality. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I would say, well, it still hurts. And I feel like growing, I mean, like growing her and feeling her move. I mean, it was enough to feel some connection to her, you know? Oh, for sure. Uh, and like my husband, and I talked just like, when we gave birth, like when I birthed her, and we were holding her, we could feel her presence there. Like even that we could mm -hmm. tell her, I mean, her spirit was not in her body, but we could feel it in the room with us. And we could just feel like the peace that she would have brought to our family. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just, I feel like as a mother who has lost a child, you can, and I'm sure other moms would agree, you can feel like their personalities. And so, yeah, yeah. that's like, I feel like a stinger. <laughs> But, oh, yeah. Yeah. So maybe just don't try to um, point out the positive. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, I feel like sympathize or empathize. Yeah. Empathize or just saying like, I'm so sorry. Or even just saying like, I actually don't know what to say, but I'm thinking yeah. of you. Or, yeah. you know, or I, I was grateful that a lot of people, um, a lot of good friends that I grew up with, they were just, I'm not the type of person that's going to be like, can you take my kids? Can you bring me dinner? <laughs> um, yeah. Because <laughs> I just am not. But I had like a ton of great friends who were like, I'm coming and I'm picking up your kids on Friday and I'm also bringing you dinner and you're going to have some time to yourself with your husband. And they, they did that for like, I had meals for almost a month and oh, nice. it was super helpful as well because it gave my kids attention when I was like in the middle of my heart. Yeah. So yeah. It was nice. It was great. So just like volunteering help or whatever. Yeah. Those yeah. are good suggestions. Yeah. Well, are we to our last question then? Is there anything else you wanted to share, Morgan? No, oh, I think that's it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, our final question we ask every um, every guest at the end of every episode, what does being a mother mean to you? Being a mother means to me um, making sure each of my children feel loved and are getting the attention that they need or want. Um, and I like tie this in with Bonnie. I want to make sure Bonnie still feels loved, even though she's not here too. So I try really hard to make sure my kids mm -hmm. know who she is and that she's never forgotten. Yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. I like that a lot. It is really sweet. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Morgan. Thank you. It was a great story. Uh, it's a great story that that you could share it. It's not a great story, but we appreciate <laughs> you sharing it. <laughs> it's it's great you. of you to share. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us for another episode. 
We hope you found inspiration for your own life. And hopefully we're as funny as we think we are. Find us on Instagram at The Motherful Podcast for updates on each episode.